podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to grow their careers, reignite their passions for marketing, and create less stress in their day-to-day avalanche of tasks and unrealistic deadlines. Hi, I'm Alicia Miller, and I invite you to go on a journey of growth with me. I've spent more than 20 years chasing deadlines, fighting that cast of characters we serve as marketers, and was left feeling depleted and desperately seeking a solution that would give me the peace I so craved. Call me crazy, tell me it'll never work, but I found the relief I was so desperately seeking by shifting my mindset and using my marketing skills in clever ways to find the peace I was seeking and still getting to enjoy what I love, marketing. And I cannot not share this with you. Stop chasing new pastures, the grass is never greener. It just presents the same problems in different ways with different faces. In this podcast, we will have deep conversations with all levels of marketing professionals, internal clients, including the difficult ones, and leaders that will shake up how you think about your career in marketing, uncover new ways to tame the crazy, and give you strategies that will light up that passion for marketing you once had all while aligning yourself to your organizational's growth goals that will make your career soar. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to dive in and surge forward. Hey everyone, it's Alicia Miller, and I have something very special for you this week. I sat down with Alex Dangleras Purdue and Kimberly Cox, two amazing women in marketing that I was privileged to work alongside to launch a new brand. As a client, we had a lot of challenges. Executives who truly didn't understand what a mature marketing team could accomplish, much less how digital marketing worked on top of it. We had no real growth goals given to us aside from, let's see what happens. Having Alex and Kim by my side and backing up what I brought to the table was invaluable. As I reflected back on who I could bring to my audience of Search Forward, who better to give us a glimpse into a wide array of how marketing teams work and influence than a pair who get to work alongside marketing teams, executives, and leaders every day. Kim and Alex work with my favorite agency, Braithwaite Communications where storytelling is at the center of their culture and their service offerings. Alex has been with Braithwaite for more than 13 years, rising through the ranks and is currently serving as an executive vice president, where she describes herself as a curious thinker, word wrangler, strategic communications manager, client counselor, news hound, master project juggler, organization fiend, story lover. Alex's experience spans across marketing, and she has worked with global brands such as Cigna, Evernorth, FMNC, and James Hardy. Her partner in crime, Kim Cox, has more than a decade of marketing experience across numerous agencies. She landed at Braithwaite in 2020, quickly growing from account supervisor to vice president, where she has been inspired by how their culture embraces storytelling at its core. Her extensive background has exposed her to marketing teams across various industries. Think manufacturing to technology, to pharmaceutical, to retail, to hospitality, to education and healthcare, not to mention real estate and finance. Kim describes herself as someone who challenges the tried and true 
who finds new ways to connect and communicate, build reputations, and drive growth for businesses. These two bring a depth of commitment and experience to the companies they work with that focus on quality and results backed by marketing strategy and storytelling that they leverage not just to land their clients through the pitch process and create results for their clients, but to help influence the leaders and stakeholders to buy into the new initiatives and marketing programs and alignment with what is important to them. Increased revenue, increased market share, increased awareness moving the needle towards their growth KPIs. So I welcome you to join us in this two-part podcast series because we couldn't squeeze all this goodness just into one episode. And we are bringing you inside the marketing machine all the things that marketers need to soar. Today's episode is part one, all about storytelling and influence. And our next episode with Kim and Alex will release on September 26th, talking about career longevity and resiliency and this tough economy. So without further ado, here we go. Let's dive in. Thanks, Kim and Alex, for joining me today. I'm so excited for our conversation. And I just want to dive right in to um, talk about uh, the unique seat that you guys sit in with Braithwaite and the fact that you're exposed to all sorts of organizational cultures and structures and levels of influence and helping your clients. And you know, I want to dig into how you work with your marketing professionals within these organizations and leaders to tap into their own storytelling capabilities to get alignment and buy-in from those stakeholders and leaders um, for the programs that you guys are proposing and trying to get off the ground. Yeah, well, I'd say that you mentioned storytelling in that question, and and we love that you started with that kind of concept. It's it's something that's so near and dear to, to the work that we do, but also just kind of foundational in, in how our agency was created. So 25 years ago, uh, way before marketers were, were really talking about storytelling and narratives, our founder actually trademarked stories worth spreading. Um, because even then, he really knew just how powerful a good story uh, told well can be. Um, so that's really the framework that we follow to this day, simply because the research proves that a good story is infinitely more powerful and impactful um, than bullet points or statistics or, you know, even stories and statistics combined. Um, stories themselves are, are the most powerful medium. Even knowing that we do know that marketers rely on statistics, right? We have to have bullet points. We have to have statistics. We're going to have PowerPoint presentations. So it's not like we are telling, like writing a novel all the time in work. And that is certainly a challenge, right? Even like the best storytellers need to know in the marketing world how to translate that to business and how to translate that to, to people who have very little time to hear their story. Um, so we have kind of a lot of different tips and tricks that we work on and teach our team and teach our clients to kind of like best prepare them to influence their, their leaders and marketing executives. 
that resonates with me a lot because that was one that is one of the the hardest things I think in marketing is being close enough to the leaders to understand like what those numbers are that are going to resonate with leaders um, that you can use to empower your story right and this whole idea of using a story to sell your C-suite members and your leaders to buy into all of the wonderful things we need to do in the digital marketing space is huge, right? And having those numbers is huge. Do you see a distinct difference in different clients on whether they have access to that information um, with their leaders? And do you feel like there is a lack of alignment out there mainly? Like, what do you, what do you see as like, you know, the overall landscape of how many marketers out there have that information and that seat at the table to be able to create what resonates upwards? Yeah. So I'll address the first part of your question is, do you see a difference? Absolutely. There is a hundred percent, a very stark difference when, when it's clear that marketing doesn't have a seat at that table. Um, it, I would say that in our experience, it does seem to be happening um, less frequently because I think that executives are starting to realize just how much of a role that brand reputation and, and perception really play in sales. Um, there is an ROI there, and, and that's that's across the board. That's B2C and also in B2B. So that's kind of exciting to hear that you've, you're seeing kind of a trend in the positive, right? Because that's always... Um, you know, I've got a long history of professional services, and that's always been the struggle of like moving past just executing and that sales enablement role and, you know, getting things out the door and then having like that intimate knowledge of where the company is growing and how you're underpinning that strategy in a meaningful way. I know we talked a little bit about ROIs and KPIs, like talk to me about like, how you work with your clients to come up with those that you feel are going to resonate um, with the leaders and the organizations. Yeah, that's really important. And it's a challenge that we're constantly working on solving with our clients because it changes all the time, depending on what the goals are. Um, I mean, you know, this having worked in marketing for so long, there's really this entire universe of KPIs that can connect to marketing programs. And for, um, marketing professionals who do have that seat at the table, we're able to leverage KPIs that are much more business centric. And then for those who aren't, we are, uh, we, we leverage more kind of like straightforward marketing communication metrics. And both are extremely valuable, uh, but it really depends like what that goal is. And then ultimately uh, what the, the leadership of the company views as the marketing goals. So like we have, um, some clients, for instance, where we work with them in a public relations capacity. And for them, the goal of their initiative isn't distinctly drawing connection from the public relations efforts to sales. So we're working in kind of softer, like brand lift, um, share of voice, um, negative, positive perception type statistics. And those are like historical, easy, like easier to measure basically without having an understanding of the entire business. We're constantly, even when we do have public relations engagements, like working on moving up that value chain too, to connect to business goals. 
Um, and in that case, we really dig in and try to figure out like what the goals of the business are, what the marketing challenges are, and kind of go from there. But in any of those situations, we do strongly believe that you really need to hone in on like three to five KPIs per goal. If you go any further than that, there's going to be so much noise that as a marketing professional, it's hard to deliver that story. And for an executive team that doesn't have much time at, or understanding at a granular level of marketing, it just gets completely lost. And, and we see this happen all the time. We have a ton of different ways that we can present the data, which we can speak to a, a little bit more, but how that data is packaged, how the KPIs are packaged, how that context is packaged around it, like can make or break the entire story. I saw that firsthand with both of you. And that's one of the reasons I love you both is, you know, when we worked together, we were working with a team that was um, very new to digital marketing and really didn't understand the landscape and had tons of questions and wanted to know all the data and being able to like pull them back and get them to focus on like the bigger picture was so critical. And I know like even just creating pivots and tests in, in the right way, rather than just all at one time, because they get excited about uh, the data. That was really exciting to work with you guys and see how you create that picture and really hone in on those key results. Well, and that's an interesting point you bring up there, Alicia, is that it can be teams that are completely new to a certain space. It can be executives or leaders that have, you know, decades of experience in a space, but uh, marketing and particularly digital marketing is changing so, so quickly that almost everyone is kind of on the same stage right now. It's just... It's moving at such a clip that we have half our days are just keeping up with the latest and greatest in whatever digital marketing strategy is that we're working with clients on. So yes, KPIs are important and those KPIs can evolve and change. And, and it's up to us, I think, as a partner to these organizations and to our clients, just to make sure that we are keeping them updated too, right? Half our job is education and making sure that they understand the reason these things are changing is is because of X, Y, or Z, and and we think these now provide you the most value. And that's another story we have to tell, right? Is it's a constant evolving kind of challenge that we have, but it's it's something that we really enjoy, and um, and it's so critical to to kind of staying on top of things. Yeah, and you know, you hit on like value, right? And I think that's a huge part of the story that as marketers. You know, you have to tell going upward. And one of the approaches that you guys took that I really felt differentiated you guys and made it more successful was, you know, the quality of the traction that you were getting versus the quantity um, and the importance of storytelling in that aspect, not only out to the clients so that you're getting in front of the right audience with the right message and drawing um, actual viable leads and potential clients, but focusing in on how to tell and communicate that story to leaders in a way that resonates because they want to see the numbers, right? They Because more people being drawn in means more potential revenue. And you have to tell the story that, yeah, those numbers may look great and exciting, but 
the percentage of conversions is going to be lower if you're not reaching the right people. Do you have any like insights into how you've told that story and gotten buy-in from, from teams along those lines? Yeah, that's a really interesting point and something we're facing all the time. And the most interesting part about it is like different leaders have different views on that and they use different terminology. So like then, and rarely does the terminology match the terminology that the platforms are using themselves. So we always first will start by trying to identify with the leaders, like how they're speaking. Like, do they view a, um, let's say Google ads, for instance, or on LinkedIn, we, that you get leads or you get conversions per the terminology of the platforms. But to a leader of an organization, it's not a conversion until there's a sale. So we have to work to kind of get on the same like language playing field to start so that there's no confusion and misunderstanding about like, the data we're presenting. Um, and we have like some, some clients that want quantity, some that want uh, the more narrow quality. But to your point, having such an, a background in a B2B space really gives us a different perspective than many. And we, because the, the B2B landscape is so much tighter in terms of who you're targeting, who's going to be an actual sale for you, we really do strongly recommend to our clients that we focus on that like quality lead, even if it means we're serving at a bit of a higher like cost per click or click-through rate, um, because we're reaching the right people from the start and not wasting our time. And more importantly, not wasting the sales team's time, who oftentimes don't, they don't have enough salespeople to be able to reach out. And then they're getting a lot of leads, some of which are probably good, but they can't even get to them to figure that out. So it's, it is, it's, it's our job to kind of work with leaders and, and explain that and say, you know what, the average cost per click across your entire industry is X we would anticipate that ours probably will be 20 to 30% higher than that, but we're going to see more quality leads, less fat. And that really goes back to that idea of value. Yeah. Um, those leads are going to be more valuable and it's the same. I mean, it's really the same across any sort of communications discipline, media relations. I mean, we have clients coming to us that say we want to be in the New York times, but their audiences aren't reading the New York Times. Maybe their audiences are reading a manufacturing trade or or something to that effect. Um, so it's it's again storytelling. It's all about helping them to understand the value of what our strategy is that we're presenting and and why it does set them apart. Or or maybe it takes a different path than what they're seeing their competitors do, but um, why we believe it's it's the best path for them. And and another tip for kind of marketers that um, are listening, whether it's internal or agency, we um, find that you really need to understand the business before you can put together an effective plan. And that seems like such a simple statement, but so many companies and don't like, they don't give their marketing teams enough time to really understand like the meat of the business and the complexities of the sale and the complexities of the marketplace challenges. Um, we have an approach where we uh, dig into that from the start. And we really will not begin an engagement unless the organization is okay with us doing that. So we, we know that we will not be successful. So biggest tip I would say to anyone at an agency in-house working in a communications marketing capacity is even if you can't get a seat at the table, you find people who can at least fill you in on the, what conversations are happening 
so you can plan accordingly to match the expectations. I love that. Building out personas and customer journey is like underpins that, right? And there's um, this wild perception across, I feel like, sales teams and uh, even leaders and organizations that they know their clients and that they know what their pain points are and what's going on. Yet when you see them approach marketing time and time again, they're very much of this frame mind of how they think about the business and the services that they're providing. One of my biggest fights and every organization I've worked for is like nobody talks about the service the way we talk about how we're organized internally, right? Um, so getting them to kind of understand, you know, we went through an exercise I know with you guys of like, these are all the things that we think they're going to be searching for online, where in reality, the, the search was completely different. And based on that search gave us a completely different set of competitors that we were against. So I think that, you know, what you address there, Alex, is like so critical of like, pulling back from all those preconceived ideas of who your client is and what, what they're looking for and what's going to resonate with them and doing the time and taking the time to research and figure out what's really happening so that you can get in front of those right folks and have the right story is so critical. Um, and I feel like we all, like so many of us just miss the mark because we, we're driven by business relationships, right? So we think we really intimately know our clients and you might on that one-on-one -on -one conversation, but by drawing more in, I think there's a huge uh, opportunity there and with those personas. Yeah, uh, we're seeing a lot also with personas and, and the kind of the sales marketing mix working together. You oftentimes will hear the sales team talk about the end decision maker as the main buyer yes. and they're right like if someone is signing your contract you have to influence them right but the the end decision makers aren't always the foot in the door yeah. and that is something that we see often in having to kind of like change a perception or work together to say like okay yes that person is like you're you're meeting 10 or you're meeting five depending on what the sales cycle looks like but is that the person that has the initial challenge that brings you in the door. And some cases it is fantastic. We have a much simpler kind of like persona exercise, right? A much easier targeting, but oftentimes it's not. And that can be a bit of a, a shift and kind of pain point to get that understanding. Like we actually should have a campaign for that persona and dedicate a budget to it, but we should also expand our thinking to these four other initial influencers they're not the decision maker but these influencers that are probably more likely to actively be searching for you that's a huge point i never even thought about that so like that's going to be a whole new approach for me <laughs> well and it raises something that we see so frequently which is you know we're talking a lot about marketing getting a seat at the table but another challenge that we've seen very frequently is a tension between marketing and sales Marketing wants to take credit for certain leads or prospects or customers, and sales also wants to take that credit. But the best initiatives, the best strategies are informed by both of those teams. Sales is on the ground, talking to people, hearing out from customers and prospects, challenges. They're, they're very much the kind of the pulse of what's going on. 
but marketing sees a much broader picture than just that kind of one-on-one -on -one direct contact. So both of those teams should really be working together and, and they'll both be stronger for it. Um, but I think there's just historically been a lot of tension there or some com competition and they both want seats at the table. So maybe they think they're both fighting for the same seat. Um, but we have a number of clients now that really work together in those two departments. And it's been, it's, we've seen great success there. That's exciting to hear. Cause I know that has been, you know, something I've seen across my career. I started my career in sales enablement and worked my way over to the corporate marketing space and absolutely correct in the fact that like they should be enabling each other, right. And supporting each other and sharing, you know, best practices and like, uh, creating those synergies and it's, mm -hmm. you know, always difficult, I think, because the two typically report up to two different, uh, hierarchies in the org and have very different goals, paces of work demands, right. When you're working directly with the sales staff versus working, um, you know, with the executive leaders, it's, it's a very different culture and environment in those two teams, which I think also rubs, unfortunately, negatively between the two teams, but I've seen like, you know, things happen, ama like amazing things happen and mountains move when those teams work together. So it's good to hear that you guys are starting to see a little bit of a shift there because it's, like I said, I've, you know, across my career, it's always, always a sales enablement versus marketing kind of rub of how do we get there? And one of the approaches that we take is because corporate marketing is further up the funnel, you know, and a little bit further away from the revenue going beyond even just like the brand awareness numbers and ROI, but looking at influenced revenue and trying to connect how that lead or contact came into the system and then how long it takes for them to convert um, a lot because I work have worked primarily in professional services. That's a really long sales cycle. <laughs> so trying to come up with what that calculation looks like and then when, you know, those sales and business development partners actually make contact and start developing that relationship can be really powerful. And I think empowering for the corporate marketing teams as well to like feel that there's an actual number behind what they're doing beyond just your like awareness and your reach and things of that nature where like, oh yeah, like we helped bring in that revenue, even oh. if it was from afar, we helped pull them into the funnel, right? So that's exciting. So one of the things I want to come back to this whole idea of storytelling, right? And we, we talk a lot about it with our external clients and being able to pull them into the funnel. Talk to me about how you use storytelling, um, not only to you know help your clients kind of come along this journey, right? And understand where they need to be, but in, empower your clients to tell a story upward what does that look like? Is that, you know, just kind of coaching conversations? Do you help them build presentations and key points to, to sell upward? What does that look like for you guys? 
Yes. So I can start by kind of taking a step back and just saying, um, I think overall we see that storytelling is, is pretty misunderstood. Uh, people don't necessarily understand the value it could play or, or that it's it's really something that everyone uses every single day. Um, it's, we, uh, we were just meeting internally about kind of the, the history of storytelling and it's truly an art form and it dates back thousands of years. This is how people have always tried to communicate to one another. Um, so they're, which is why I think they make such an incredibly compelling and influential tool. Um, and it's something that we really kind of use every day. So it's so ingrained into everything that we do that I think it just naturally kind of flows into the conversations that we have with our clients. Um, stories are everywhere. So as marketers, and this is our day-to-day, -day, our job is to tell the stories that stand out in the minds of whoever that might be, if it's the audiences of our, of our clients or if it's our clients or themselves. Um, so coming up with those stories is, 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 can be a challenge, but it has such the potential to influence and change perspectives on a really broad basis, um, which is why we see so much value there. And in terms of training, so we have over the past 25 years, our, our founder, like Kim said earlier, is a huge believer in storytelling. Like before it was a buzzword, it was his buzzword. And so we have a kind of a honed like masterclass in storytelling and presentations and communicating effectively that we tailor it's at this point it's like a hundred slide powerpoint and you've seen our powerpoints they're not text heavy so there's there's a lot of like interesting like tidbits and visuals in them um and we offer that to our clients so we train our staff to deliver that deck and then we also train them on how to use the tips in it um so sometimes our clients will hire us and say look look we have a like we we need to get better at preparing for an upcoming webinar that we're giving. Can you give us a webinar storytelling training session? Well, if other clients say, like, we just need to be able to present better. We have some leaders that are up and coming and aren't used to doing this. They're going to be presenting to small groups. We have other ones that will come and say, we need to know how to present to a hundred people. And we'll kind of customize our, our masterclass to meet whatever the need is. Um, and then other times, like we have clients that they don't ask us for that formal level of training. And we just infuse kind of tidbits and tips into our conversations to give, to arm them with the skills that they need to deliver the message. But to your point on like, do we help build presentations? hundred percent. Like we, we know that our client success in making stories resonate and making data resonate with their bosses and the leaders of their company is our success. So whatever we need to do to help them, we do that. So for some clients, it's creating like board slides every quarter annually and, and working in like the confines of that structure. So sometimes we have one page, sometimes we have six pages. Sometimes leaders want a more detailed Excel. Sometimes they want just one PowerPoint slide with some high level thoughts. Sometimes they want more words, sometimes they don't. So we work to kind of figure out how that would look. And then we will put together whatever whatever we need to do. Uh, but kind of coming back to the the actual like, delivery of it, um, there's, we could go on and on about how to kind of structure the story and how to say it, but we really um, at its core 
try to get across to our clients that there are kind of these four key elements that they need to infuse in whatever they're, they're telling. And first, it's kind of to focus on the details. You have to understand like the ins and outs of the strategy, the metrics, the KPIs. You have to know all of the, the, the details before you can step back and figure out what is going to resonate the best. Um, the second part of that then is context. So numbers in a vacuum don't really look like anything. So how does this connect to what's going on in the marketplace, the trends, your competitors? How does it connect to your larger business goals, challenges that the organization is facing, um, growth goals, kind of anything that could connect to it? Could also be context of what's going on in the channel you're working with, what Kim was saying earlier. We see changes happening in digital marketing all the time that affect underlying KPIs to no fault of the marketing strategy, right? Mm -hmm. So if like we were operating on um, like with Google Google ads and they launch like they did GA4 and it messes up all of our conversion tracking, that is a hurdle we have to face. Or if um, when Apple iOS came out with the uh, tracking restrictions, it impacted conversion tracking on Meta and on LinkedIn. So infusing that into the story to say like some of these numbers are going to start looking different because of these factors. Um, and those kind of those first two elements, so details, context, is really about the message, right? You have to make sure you have the underlying message correct or else there's no point in presenting or presenting the story. But the second two components are about the delivery. So it comes down to the structure and then how you actually present it. And you really have to get all four right because great work is rarely seen as great until it's packaged and communicated to leadership, like we've been saying, in a way that resonates. And the best data can get so muddled in conversation if it's not spoken to correctly or if it isn't in an, the email delivery, if it's this long rambling email that you can't follow, you can't really see the data. So once we work with clients to get the message right, we then focus on that delivery component. Um, so structure, so, so important. Like, obviously it's a huge component of kind of critical thinking, but structured thinking we see as a huge, huge skill in business. So what's the best framework? Is it an email? Is it a word document? Is it a PowerPoint? Is it a Teams call? And then once you figure out that kind of like venue for your message, what's that digestible structure? Like paragraphs where we work. So how can you give it breaks to make it like a palatable message? Um, and then that last component presentation for anything that is going to be verbally presented. We train our teams, we train our outside partners to use physical communication, vocal communication, kind of variation and delivery to help ensure that it doesn't just drone. I, I love how you went through that because like, it's very, it's very much similar to how you approach your external clients, right? And I think a lot of people feel a little weird approaching like their actual relationships and internal relationships in a way, in the same formal way that they approach external clients. But like there's power in like knowing who your audience is and what's going to resonate with them in the same way 
that you approach your external clients. You know, it's interesting that guys focus so much on structure and delivery because you're absolutely right. I've seen it so many times go off the rails with different questions being asked and not quite knowing how to pivot into that and then bring them back to center um, and letting it go off the rails and get too far into the weeds where everybody at the table ends up being confused and um, not sold on the vision. And being sold on the vision can mean the difference between not only getting approvals for your path forward for a marketing initiative or program, but also start positioning yourself as a trusted partner in achieving results that matter to an organization. This wraps part one of Inside the Marketing Machine. Thank you so much, Alex and Kim, for your insights and the unique view you have into so many different marketing teams and talking with me on how to help them achieve success. I can't wait to release part two all about career longevity and resilience in this particular economy. And that will release and drop on September 26th. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Would love for you to continue to hear from them and their unique perspectives. Before I leave you today, I just wanted to give you a quick update on everything Find Your Search, the company behind the podcast. I've been busy at work launching different products and programs that will help you elevate your impact, win over stakeholders, and reignite your passion for marketing. First, if you do not already follow me on LinkedIn, head on over there and look for Alicia Miller and follow me. I have been putting out articles um, and working to start conversation amongst the marketing community so that we can continue to inspire each other and learn. These articles can also be accessed through my website at findyoursearch.com, where you can also subscribe uh, to my monthly newsletter that will give you a view into all the new things I've put out into the world. That's 321 Elevate, um, and it's only monthly, so you won't get spammed with you know emails Every day, every week, um, I really try to make it a digest of an easy way for you to access the newly launched content um, and get a glimpse into what's going on with Find Your Surge. While you're at the site, uh, you can also see a newly launched section called Create Growth. And this part of the site is where I've been launching a lot of new bundled programs for my one-on-one coaching. Um, I've got Alignment Advantage, a program that's consisted in three sessions where we create a customized roadmap for yourself to gain clarity around your career vision, dive into your roadblocks, gaps, and opportunities so that you can achieve that vision and really define the steps that will start you on that journey. I also have my 12-week program on the Strategic Leadership Catalyst. This is a Um, application only uh, program. It's really intense, 12 weeks to set yourself up with a very deep program on how to reposition yourself from a task taker to a strategic partner um, by leveraging influence within your organization. So really, if that's something that you are looking to take the next step between, you know, a director to head into the executive you know, vice president suite um, and move up the ladder and gain that visibility in your career. Um, This is a great program for you to really organize an action plan that will help you forge powerful partnerships 
and the trust needed where you can create that career vision. I've also launched a couple workshops, a five-part workshop on Project Fusion, where if you have a specific project that you're looking to get buy-in, I will partner with you on creating that clarity, that story, um, the KPIs at, you know, needed to help win over the stakeholders so that you can get that project across the finish line. And what's great about this workshop is that it's small, it's focused, but it gives you the tools so that moving forward, you know exactly the framework that you need to follow for future projects. I'm offering a multi-day marketing retreat for those teams that want to really get on the page with not just you know, uh, one aspect, but once their whole marketing team to a create a foundation where they're utilizing their time in the best way possible, um, but also aligning their impact to company growth goals and creating a beginning of a plan on how to start creating those trusted partnerships and what that roadmap might look like. That particular one is customized to everybody's uh, needs. So feel free to reach out to me if you're interested and we can discuss what you want to get out of the program and create a custom uh, package for you. I will be offering for a limited time um, a free access to a digital course for impact planning. Um, this goes along with my Octo planning system, which if you haven't checked into it today, check that out. It's a core planner that helps guide you with the framework needed to make sure that you are focused on what's going to make an impact, what's going to keep you passionate so that you're delivering the best product um, and deliverables out there and how to identify things to streamline and to do that in a way that doesn't overwhelm. Um, and it really creates a foundation for success in your career and gives you that room to breathe so that you can uh, think about your career longevity and your career vision. Um, and then of course, you know, my Elevate Your Impact. This is a marketing and leadership alignment program. And this is like kind of the creme de la creme piece and is meant for organizations to tap into. It's a three session uh, program that starts with your leadership team where I facilitate an alignment workshop so that you can really understand where the company is going and where marketing can underpin and create goals that truly aspire and, uh, and impact uh, with your teams. Um, the second session is a planning workshop with your marketing team leaders where we dive in with them to create specific objectives um, and KPIs uh, that are backed to create the impact aligned with those strategic goals. And then session three is a fun, fun session with your entire marketing team to tap into everybody's thoughts and creativity. Um, it's a brainstorming session where we can really unleash creative and innovative big ideas that are going to make a splash in your market and really underpin those goals. So this is all about, you know, really creating a marketing uh, strategy to underpin everything that you do and make everybody feel connected and aligned, as well as giving everybody an opportunity contribute to what matters to the organization and start repositioning your teams to be that strategic partner. 
Um, so I would love to hear from you guys on what I have here that is really resonating with you. Um, what's not, I am here for you. So as always, I want to hear from you, you know, what will help you move the needle topics for the podcast topics for articles, templates that would help you ramp up quicker training topics that I can dive into for you and you can access directly. Reach out to me directly at alicia.miller at findyoursearch.com and let's grow together. Thank you again, everyone, for joining me on this podcast. And I am so excited for all that's to come. Uh, And I will catch you next time on the next episode of Search for Your Path.